0: Hi, welcome to this Nat Alliance Now podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Dunford. We're delighted to have you with us today. I have two special guests in studio here in Austin, Tasha Sheehan and Bob Rogers. I'll introduce them both in just a moment. Uh, Today's podcast is a little different in that the target audience is not our participants. It's not the insurance industry. The target audience of this podcast is high school administrators, Many of you may or may not know that about a year ago, the National Alliance started developing a very unique program for high school students. We received CTE approval from the Department of Education here in the state of Texas to begin developing a program for high school students that if they pass all the exams and complete the course, they will graduate from high school with our CISR designation. We recently completed the production of that program, and it is launched in a number of schools here in the state of Texas and a couple other states, and we'll have Tasha talk about that in a minute. So while we invite you to listen into this podcast, because we think you'll find it interesting, we really want to reach out and connect with our high school administrators across the country and introduce them to this program and the passion not only we have for it, But the insurance industry. So, to start, let me introduce you to Tasha Sheehan. Tasha is our National Alliance uh, Director of our CISR High School program. Tasha is a lifelong educator with over 26 years of experience in public education. She's been a CTE instructor as well as a district administrator and CTE director for 17 years. She is also a certified K through 12 principal and superintendent and comes to the alliance with many years of industry-based program development and CT education across the state of Texas. She has a bachelor's of science degree from Texas Tech, a master's of education administration, leadership, and policy from Texas A&M, and a superintendent certification from the University of Texas System. Welcome, Tasha.
1: Thank you. It's
0: great to have you here. Now, next is uh, Bob Rogers, a friend and a colleague of mine here at the National Alliance. I'm going to spend some time talking about Bob's history and his bio because I really want to impress upon the uh, educators that are listening to this podcast, the quality of the people behind this program and their passion, not only for the insurance industry, but for these young people in high school that are starting to obtain our designation by enrolling in our program. Bob Rogers has over 50 years of experience in the insurance industry and currently serves in a consultant capacity as an academic director for life and health programs and the CISR High School Program for the National Alliance. He began his insurance career as a college trainee with MetLife when he was only 19 years old. Bob served in numerous sales management positions with MetLife until he retired from MET in 2001 as a vice president and national sales director. Bob was a principal and chief marketing officer for Accident Insurance Services, Inc. Bob Rogers has been a member of the national faculty of the Society of Certified Insurance Counselors, CIC, since 1985, and was named as one of the seven distinguished faculty members of the National Alliance at the 45th anniversary celebration in 2014. Bob, welcome to this podcast.
2: Thank you, Mitch. Great to be here.
0: To begin, mm-hmm. let
2: me start with a,
0: a few questions for Bob to introduce our educators to the National Alliance. So, Bob, who is the National Alliance for Insurance Education and Research?
2: Mitch, the, the National Alliance uh, for Insurance Education and Research, really the, the genesis of the program was uh, occurred in 1969. And what happened was a group of insurance agents in Texas found a a fellow by the name of Dr. William T. Hold, who was affectionately referred to on the campus of the University of Texas here at Austin as the insurance doctor, and they um, told him that they really needed help in understanding from a practical perspective the insurance industry. Understanding how to read insurance policies, understanding uh, how claims were paid, understanding, again, how these programs worked and to be able to help their uh, fellow agents uh, and uh, company people uh, take this education to the marketplace and uh, uh, really provide what we call a practical education for the insurance industry. This concept that started in 1969 has blossomed into the largest insurance education facility that exists in the world. We have over 125,000 participants worldwide. Uh, We are in, of course, all 50 states. And the, the basis of this program is the same as it was 50 years ago. It is taught by practitioners, It is taught by people who are active in the industry and, again, to relay this practical knowledge uh, and education to our what we call participants, Uh, people who participate in the industry and participate in our programs. What has evolved is uh, uh, it started out with the certified insurance counselor designation, which is uh, one of the premier designations in the industry. Uh, from that uh, came the uh, Certified Insurance Service Representative designation that we're going to talk about today. Uh, that is 33 years old. That designation uh, has got prominence all over the world, again, as the, the National Alliance does. We have the Certified Risk Manager designation, uh, the Certified School Risk Manager designation, and uh, our, our ongoing continuing education process Again, that Dr. Hole created uh, as a model for this program back in 1969. Updating every year to maintain your designation was a very novel approach back then. But Dr. Hole felt very strongly that you needed to not only gain your education, but continue it moving forward. And again, that whole concept has continued through the last 50 years, and that's why. Uh, this program and and the National Alliance is so uh, well-recognized and embraced in the insurance
0: industry. Excellent. So the, the program that we're talking about for high schools is called the CISR designation, Certified Insurance Service Representative designation. And that designation was exclusively designed for a specific role in the industry called the CSR. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Tell us what a CSR is and what role that position plays in the industry.
2: Mitch, a CSR is a customer service representative, and that uh, group of people are really the front line in the insurance industry, whether it be from the agency side, whether it be from a, a what we call a managing general agency side, which is like a wholesale of a firm, or even the company ranks. A customer service representative uh, is, is the person who, it just as the, the term implies, deals with the customer, deals with the insurance companies. They are able to analyze uh, uh, coverages. They're able to read and understand policies. They're able to understand the claims process and how it works. They understand uh, from an accounting and financial perspective how premiums are paid how they're financed in many cases they are really uh uh the again the front line in, in the industry we tend to laugh sometimes uh, those of us that have been in the agency uh arena that we will uh, you and i will have lunch and uh, i will sit here and ask you for your business and you'll say yeah i'd like to get a quote and i go back to my office i write down mitch dunford your phone number, and I hand it to a customer service representative and say, we need to quote this man. I think I just wrote wrote his account. And it could be a commercial account. Well, that person, that customer service representative, needs to make contact with you, understand from your perspective what your risks are, what the exposures are, and then be able to what we call market that account to the various companies that that agency may represent it's a it's really a foundational job it's critical to the whole industry working customer service reps because as i have said now for the third time they are the front line in our profession can you describe a potential
0: career path for a csr while it potentially is an entry-level position where would it go from someone let's say graduating from high school with our designation Mm -hmm starting with a local agency as a CSR. What's, a, what's the potential career path for someone in that
2: position? Mitch, the, the career path is open. It, it's open to, uh, they can do anything they really want to do from that basic position of going in with that foundation. They're able to uh, go in and uh, possibly uh, they like underwriting. They like going through the process of looking at risk and 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 underwriting the risk to establish the appropriate premium for the risk that we may be getting. They may uh, enjoy the sales uh, 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 side of the business. Uh, they may uh, like to want to be you know look at being a a claims adjuster and get involved in the claims side of the business. The thing that a, a good CSR has a foundation for so many directions. And then what ends up happening is many CSRs will end up in what we call niche industries. In Texas, uh, the energy industry is a major, major part of our economy. Well, we have in the insurance industry, energy specialists in insurance. They understand the exposures in the energy industry, the drilling, the transportation, the the retail sales, the uh, onshore, offshore, uh, everything going on. That tends to be a very, very specific niche type market. So someone could effectively go into that side of the business and and, and work in the energy sector. Healthcare is also a major industry in this state. Uh, the largest medical center in the world is the Texas Medical Center in in Houston. Those facilities have insurance and ensuring healthcare uh, entities, whether it be medical malpractice, whether it be equipment, whether it be the buildings, work, all those things have their own specific needs. And so someone could go in that direction. Someone could end up in what we call high net worth, ensuring people who have, uh, as we like to say, a lot of toys. They may have yachts and this and that and and airplanes and multiple houses and things such as that. so I say all that to say that it is an open arena of what people would like to do. Uh, once they get into our industry, there are so many directions they can go in. Uh, I know uh, Tasha and I were at a convention, and there were some people there from uh, school districts down in the valley, and so we were talking about the the uh, trade back and forth between Mexico and the United States that comes through. South Texas. And uh, we were talking about uh, the uh, students down there being bilingual. And I shared with one of the, one of the administrators, I said, if you have the talent, if, you, if you're bilingual and you understand our business and you understand things like the cargo industry or transporting goods across international borders, I said, you become golden in this industry. So again, there's so many aspects. And that's one of the things that we work very hard to work with our our schools and our teachers and our students to let them know you can follow your passion. And this is where you start, is a CSR because you're really in at the foundation. So
0: share with us the reputation of the CISR designation. If someone walks into an agency anywhere in this country with that designation, what does it say about them?
2: Mitch, it says that they have gained the knowledge to um, analyze risk, to uh, read policies, to understand forms, to uh, 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 analyze claims data, to be, uh, uh, have, have a knowledge of the business as they go, as uh, uh, they, 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 they practice their craft as it were, our Certified Insurance Service Representative designation is recognized worldwide. Uh, it is in all 50 states. It is in, we teach uh, programs in the, in the Commonwealth of Puerto Rico and the U.S. Virgin Islands. Uh, last fall, uh, we taught programs, as you well know, in Guam. Uh, you have, uh, uh, I know, attended some uh, uh, conferments in uh, India in the Philippines we're all over the world we have uh, our own uh, certified insurance service representative board of governors uh, that board is uh, international we have a, a member who is uh, from india who uh, works with a firm there uh, and and it is uh, it is a well recognized designation and when when a, a person walks in with that designation they have credibility within the industry on a worldwide basis with regard to their knowledge of the, of the basic principles of the business. And as I was, I was talking to a, a, an industry association executive yesterday, and we were talking about this need for, for new uh, people coming in. And the challenge is education and then experience. And when they come in with a CISR designation, we've got the hard part done, which is the education part. And again, our designation is worldwide. We have over 70,000 of our participants. It's our biggest program that we have at the National Alliance. And it is, it is uh, again, recognized worldwide. And the big part of this, as I said earlier, When you have that designation, everyone knows that to maintain it, you must update every year. You have to stay current every year. So it's not just someone who gained a block of knowledge uh, at a certain level, and then they just forgot about it and went on. You've got to stay current in the industry. And that is so critical in this changing environment that we're in. Thanks, Bob. Let's uh, change directions a little bit.
0: Tasha, and turn to the education side of this. So what will a CISR designation do for a high school student?
1: Well, I think the biggest thing is that um, they enter into a situation where they are experiencing the industry in a way that they cannot otherwise do. Um, The mentoring piece, if you look at educational research, shows when a person has a mentor, When they have someone who takes an interest in their own personal success and well-being uh, within an industry, they have uh, that connection. And once they've made that connection, they begin begin to see themselves in that role. And just like with going to college or with attaining certain things in your life, the sooner that you believe that that can be you, the sooner that you're going to be able to be successful. So the CISR empowers students Mm -hmm. truly, and that's a part of our logo, and it says empower your students. So um, the one thing that I think that the program does, is Bob mentioned, it creates that foundational knowledge. It helps them to understand uh, insurance and risk management in a way that they've not done before. Um, Maybe they believe stereotypes and they think that it's very, very limited. It's a small pigeonhole career option, and nothing could be further from the truth. And so one of the things that we strive to do is to help to broaden their perspective uh, through work within the curriculum, as well as outbound career experiences into the industry, uh, and then culminating in an internship uh, with the designation that leads to real-world employment in a high-wage, high-career demand field. Um, in the state of Texas, um Insurance and risk-managed professional job opportunities are going to be between four and 600,000 opportunities for employment uh, in the next three to five years.
0: Yeah, there's no question about it. I know, Bob, you know, we, as an industry, we've been talking about this need for new people. There's so many of the, uh, you know, talent in the insurance industry is retiring. And we're desperate to find new talent and young people to enter the industry. So if I hear what you're saying, it's your belief and your experience that this will really help a young person get their foot in the door in a dynamic and uh, just thriving industry like insurance.
1: Absolutely. In current technical education uh, across the United States, as well as in Texas, one of the main goals of that is to help graduate students college or career ready. In this situation, we're really looking at the career side of it. Uh, students may choose to go on, get an associate's, a bachelor's, and a master's, but those are just the building blocks of putting together the career that they want for themselves. Um, when they come through the high school program and they receive the designation, they have that internship experience, should they choose, they can walk out the door in the state of Texas and make between forty dollars and $70,000 a year as a high school graduate. There's not many programs out there that provide that level of bolstering Um, for someone to launch themselves straight out of high school. So I definitely believe um, it gives them that opportunity. And as you mentioned, getting getting their foot in the door. Internships in uh, places such as agencies and companies that deal in the industry um, is something that students would never have the opportunity to experience otherwise. And through this program and all the wonderful partners that are already um, beating down the door, wanting to participate with these students and support these school districts and the implementation of these programs, these students are going to have a once-in-a-lifetime experience that is going to help prepare and launch them successfully into the workforce in a way that not many things provide that opportunity for.
0: Let's talk for a minute about the CTE administrators, you know, the principals, the teachers, the superintendents are under a lot of pressure and carry a heavy load meeting the requirements set by the state. How does the National Alliance CISR program assist them with that challenge?
1: One of the great uh, school benefits for this program is that it helps to meet the CCMR indicator for school districts in the state of Texas, and that's college, career, and military readiness. So every district in the state of Texas is graded on what's called A through F accountability, and it has to do with how well you're preparing your students, how well they're doing on the assessments that are given uh, throughout the year, and how well you are graduating them to move forward. One of those things is the whole deal of college, career, or military readiness. And so to get that, to get that designation point. Or school districts they have to have completed a program of study and they it has to be um, comprised of things that are stackable credentials ending with a internship and a capstone experience and a designation or an industry recognized certification uh, we are on the texas industry certification list as well as the national industry certification list that basically just says Industry values this certification, and if a person walks into my door and applies for a job, and one has it, one doesn't. The one with it's going to get it every time, and uh, so there certainly is that ability to empower a student to go out and pursue whatever level of um, that they want to attain within the industry. And one of the things that you know we've discussed many times is it's a wide open space. Students can create their own success and their own future. Um, They just have to be exposed to it. They have to have that solid foundation and they have to make those industry level uh, connections with people. They can help to guide them, mentor them and help them to become all that they can be in this situation.
0: Excellent. Talk for a minute about how the, our program is designed. What does it look like and how is it structured and how is how is it different than other possible CTE programs out there?
1: Well, I will say that this is the first um, industry-based certification that is offered through the Business and Finance pathway. That truly has is career-driven with a industry certification that ties to a profession and in, in a career. It's not just a certification. Do I know how to use Google? Mm-hmm. Do I know how to to use Microsoft? But Not only do I know how to do that, but I know how to have the knowledge and skills necessary to go into this industry and perform at the appropriate level. So one of the things that we did when we went through um, in developing the program is we wanted to make sure that we met all learners where they were. And we're going to start at the ground level. We're not going to assume that anybody knows anything. Um, in the professional version of the CISR, most of those people are already in the industry. They already know the terminology. They already know the acronyms. They already know what those things mean. So instruction and and review and uh, learning in that environment can go much quicker um, because they have that foundation. But for a high school student, they first of all have to understand technical vocabulary. You have to be able to converse with someone in the language that they speak. And I always make a joke with, with Bob. I said, you know, when I came into this situation being in education forever, I spoke Chinese. <laughs> Bob's been in education, Bob's been in insurance forever and he speaks Japanese. And I, you know, so we don't speak the same language. Uh, it's similar and we're learning all the time. But that's the whole thing about the foundational information, helping them to have that solid foundation. And then we start stacking that learning on it. And I equate it to Legos. You know, when my kids were little, they they would stack Legos and they would make these monster creations, whatever whatever they could imagine. And I kind of think that our program is designed that way because not only are they getting all this foundational knowledge, but then as they graduate with that uh, professional um, certification, they're able then to make it their own. So within the course, um, we go through the five parts of the CISR over three semesters of of an in-class learning situation. Um, When we had, um, back in March, and we went into uh, a lockdown situation across the state, um, many school districts were faced with not going back to school after spring break. What this meant for many schools and students in the state of Texas is they were not able to finish their certifications, uh, their programs of study that they've been working on for one, two, three years. They were just kind of stopped and halted, and there was no way for them to move forward because those programs were primarily and and singularly driven to be done in a classroom. So one of the things that we did uh, when we were doing some LMS revisions is we said, we're going to remove those barriers. Students are going to be able to drive their own learning if they need to. Maybe they broke their leg in their own homebound for two weeks. Maybe we start distance learning in the fall, and that's what's happened. So, students can drive their own learning in our scenario because every student has an account and they have 24 7 access to all of our curriculum, all of our instructional videos, and everything that will help them to be successful and keep moving forward. Teachers are still, uh, teachers have their accounts and are still able to interact with students via Zoom and other technologies such as uh, through the LMS, which is the learning management system. So, because of how it is created, students Progress is not stopped. No matter what the situation, students can keep moving forward. And, you know, as is in the case with education, but in life, we need the opportunity to keep moving forward. And uh, we've been blessed to have the opportunity to remove some of those barriers. And as we've started with our new schools that are starting 100% online, all of our campuses that have started the program this fall are currently 100% virtual learning. And so we've met with daily, in a lot of instances, those teachers, what are you experiencing? What barriers do you have? How can we remove those? How can students better drive their own learning to get the most they can possible out of the situation? And so we've been doing that over the course of time uh, and over the last few weeks. And so I think that that is one of the defining things that makes this program different. Uh, It is the first in Texas to offer something like this. But it's also designed around the student learner and ensuring that students are successful no matter the challenge.
0: Terrific. So, Bob, last question for both of you. Let me throw this back to you. How do you and your fellow colleagues in the insurance industry feel about this program? What does does this mean to the industry?
2: It's the succession plan. It is the way for uh, our industry to continue. Uh, our industry has been such a, a critical part of, uh, of, of our economy and our country and our state, certainly. Uh, we just went through, uh, day before yesterday, uh, Hurricane Laura hit the, hit the coast in uh, Louisiana. And they're talking about the destruction that was there and what was going on. Well, the next thing you're going to be seeing uh, on television is claims trucks and tents and people out there bringing uh, what little they may have left. And they're bringing it to insurance companies who are settling claims, uh, uh, taking care of their obligations to their insureds. And uh, the problem is, is that the People who are out there in the claims trucks tend to be right at retirement age, and they're looking around saying, who's going to be doing this? Because we know these events are going to be occurring in the future. And so we look around and and we're, we're trying to see who we can get to come forward, who we can get to uh, come into our business, uh, come into our industry. Uh, I have uh, joked with Tasha and you and others for years, I've been carrying the baton and I keep, I'm in a race and I'm looking around and I keep looking for someone to pass it to and nobody's there. So we want to get people there. Uh, And it's not just me that feels this way. It's, you know, my uh, uh, friends and associates and industry people all over the country. We're seeing this need to bring people into the business. And the thing about it is all of us have stories. And our stories always tend to revolve about how we got into the business in the insurance industry. And they tend to revolve around one or two or maybe three mentors that brought us into the business, that put their arm around us. I know we have associates here at the National Alliance that tell those stories. I certainly tell the stories. And uh, uh, people in, in our business are willing to share and bring new people in and watch people grow. That's one of the beautiful things about it. Uh, Mitch, you've always heard, uh, you know, well, let's see if we'll put our money where our mouth is. We have major insurance associations in this state who have raised money and committed to uh, these programs for the school systems. Uh, Tasha has taught me the term community partners. We have community partners. We have community partners uh, that are in uh, rural areas, that are in urban areas, that really are excited that this program's coming forward. Uh, we have uh, large firms that are publicly traded who are committing to uh, 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 you know put dollars up to help these uh, these students to create. Uh, uh, intern programs for them to come into. Uh, they're very excited about it, and they're very excited about the uh, the potential of having uh, a quality team uh, to come in to really take over at the time that that you know it's right now. I mean, this is this is what we're seeing, and and again, in our business, life goes on. All you have to do is watch the news. You know, we have fires in California, well, trust me, insurance is responding to those. You know, we have uh, the civil unrest that is occurring in the country. While it's a, a horrible thing, insurance is responding to that. So anything that you see that is like that, the industry responds. And again, we're looking for qualified, enthusiastic, high energy people, young people to come into the industry and we are uh, such an embracing group of people. Uh, and I say that kind of selfishly. I know you have been at industry functions with some high school students, and you've made the comment uh, as well that uh, how uh, how well they're received
1: mm-hmm. and how
2: everybody loves to see them being there yeah. and, and loves to tell their stories and uh, loves to tell them what they do and, and how they got into the industry. and. Uh, A number of our teachers who have been with us have commented as well that when they first went to these industry functions, they had a little trepidation of taking 16 and 17-year-olds to these industry functions, and then they couldn't believe how much everybody embraced them and loved to have them there. So it's uh, uh, our industry, and I will say this. Worldwide is experiencing the thing that we are here in the United States that we have a group of people who are retiring, who are leaving, and it is creating huge opportunities for people to come forward. As Tasha keeps saying, this is about a career, this is not about a job. And this is about uh, having the ability to. Meet all your dreams and do all the, all the things that you want to do and you hope to do. And this industry allows, allows people to do that and to really uh, get their dreams and, and, and get the brass ring and, and uh, uh, live out their dreams while doing good for others along the way, which is an incredible situation to be in.
0: Absolutely. Thanks, Bob. So Tasha, if one of your fellow educators wanted more information or wanted to talk to you, what's the best way to reach you?
1: Um, you're certainly welcome to email me. Um, my email is tshehan at scic.com. You're also welcome to call uh, the National Alliance as well. And uh, I welcome the opportunity to share this uh, fantastic opportunity with anyone that wants to see how they can empower their students to, to truly graduate college and career ready and ready to take on the world.
0: Exceptional. Thanks, Tasha. Thank you, Bob, very much for joining us today. And that concludes this episode of Nat Alliance Now. For more information about the National Alliance, visit us at www.scic.com. Thanks for listening.